0: to Punditocracy, Lawrence.com's politics and culture talk show. As this is the Memorial Day edition of Punditocracy, we'd like you to take a moment to reflect on the sacrifice of a rare breed of American hero. No, I'm not referring to the 61 dead in Iraq thus far in May. I'm of course referring to Triple Crown hopeful Barbaros. He receives Punditocracy's thoughts and prayers. At least, uh, I assume that's how I should behave based on the media coverage this past week, uh, where a horse with a broken leg who will soon become kibble and glue gets more coverage than the American fallen in Iraq, not to mention the thousands of civilians that have died thus far. But, on that cheery note, from Dallas, Texas, I'm Gavin, and reporting to us from Lawrence, it's been a while, Galen. Say hello, Galen.
1: Hello, (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! Go ahead. <laughs>
0: I you you get a you receive a sincere woohoo from me, Galen. So I appreciate that. Back. Thank you. Welcome back I just to the totally felt like such a downer it's
1: like build up and, and me. <laughs> Galen.
0: <laughs> Hi. Galen, Galen often referred to in the same breath as dead soldiers and wounded horses.
1: Oddly enough, it has (laughs) traced my career. Uh, (laughs) No, I I don't have a career, but... (laughs) Well, sure you do. You maim horses,
0: which is why it comes up so frequently. (laughs) That's Uh, not
1: supposed to be public knowledge.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) I just
1: just blew your cover.
0: (laughs) 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 A la Scooter Libby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Fitzgerald's going to investigate. Uh, Subpoenas will be forthcoming shortly. Uh, and Patrick Fitzgerald can just email his subpoena to poundingthepundit at com, or he can post them on our website, www.punditocracy.net. And as this is the Memorial Day weekend, um, what better way to honor America's fallen than to uh, go golfing and to see the Da Vinci Code again,
1: and
0: as most Americans, I'm sure, are planning to do, in the name of sacrifice.
1: Right. And, <laughs> and Ron Howard-liciousness of it all.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know, uh, um, since the Da Vinci Code and uh, a horse with a broken leg are the only things that are being discussed in the media uh, this this week, uh, we're going we're just gonna devote an entire episode to summer frivolity. I don't want to continue talking about uh, a horse named Barbaros, so we're gonna talk about the Da Vinci Code. Um, yeah the of course everybody's heard about the uh the new release the adaptation of the gazillion best selling novel um it's uh now the official tally's out in its opening weekend it made i think over two hundred million dollars worldwide uh fast on track to surpassing uh much better passion better of the films. christ yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah, screw it. We're just gonna do a Da Vinci centric episode. <laughs> I don't feel like doing anything serious this week, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. i <laughs> it's a three day weekend. I'm already checking out, so uh just bear with us people. Yeah, it's alright.
1: Uh yeah. But Gail, have you have you read the book? You know, I've only flipped through it. I haven't read it. The thing of it is, is that it's uh, as a religious studies motor, motor as a religious studies uh, major. You're motor, a machine. A, a
0: religious studies machine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. you're lubricated by the blood of Christ.
1: <laughs> Usually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, actually generally you're the one being crucified Since you're a graduate teaching assistant
1: Or hunted down and, and beat up With a crowbar like professors in our department yeah. uh,
0: We touched on that In the previous episode Look it up in the index uh, But what are, what are your Takes on the novel uh, have you, I, I take it you haven't Seen the film if you've shown so little Interest in the novel
1: uh, no, I haven't. I uh, haven't decided if I'll go or not yet. Um, I'm curious, just because I'm curious, but I know that if I see it, I'll just <laughs> growl and uh, yeah, all the way through it, and so I'd ruin it for everyone else, including whoever I got and took with me. Uh, yeah. What What is, I mean, with this book, we've been fighting for, not not fighting, it just have to struggle with, because everyone's read it, and so they come in thinking it's history because... Dan Brown, for all his sudden now during the film out, he suddenly admits, "Well, it's only based in history." Um, has been failing to point out that he's got his head shoved up his ass and can't actually do uh, research to save his life. In fact, yeah. appears to ignore research or make shit up, uh, so so that we have people coming to our department <laughs> and want to. Learn and you about
0: know, I I have to I have to actually you know uh, back my peeps when it comes to making shit up. It's uh yeah, yeah but It's our stock like and trade
1: here at punditocracies. So. But we label ourselves as full of shirt He likes to <laughs> that's pretend that's he's, a he's a writer. Mm.
0: No, no. No Galen, a novelist and historian. <laughs> uh yeah, but uh Dan Brown, uh, author of the Da Vinci Code, uh recently won his uh plagiarism lawsuit in London um because, you know, it's obvious that Something so uniquely boring could only have been written by Dan Brown. Uh.
1: <laughs> well, the thing of it is is that what no one remembers or maybe notices is that he writes like a bad TV hack. I mean, yeah. it's clearly... I mean, it could be an episode of Knight Rider crossed with Indiana Jones Chronicles. It's its just that doofy, and everything ends in a cliffhanger, and and... Uh, yeah, and, and and people say it's like, yeah, it's like, real, you know, it keeps moving. And yeah, because all he does is write. It's it's a, like a twelve year old describing what he saw on TV last night. We yeah, uh, yes, I read yeah, Angels, in the industry. I read Angels and in, Demons, the industry, first in the industry in the
0: industry. They call that the uh,
1: the Dan Brown the first touch. Of those books. That's right, yeah. that's right. Well, I read I read Angels and Demons, his first book starring this character, and uh, yeah, oh, it was a yeah, headache, right. you know, especially if you. Know oh, you look like for that. a prequel. <laughs> right, Well, they're already making it. Um,
0: yeah, I think I think they've already planned out like Da Vinci Code seven. They want to start making them like the Harry Potter films, just back to back to back. Although it's going to be awkward once Tom Hanks reaches puberty.
1: <laughs> but then yeah. he'll Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks,
0: it. sporting his oh-so-chic Euro mullet for the film.
1: Well, he's publicly uh, said it wasn't his fault.
0: It wasn't. <laughs> Brian Grazer made me do it. Yeah, supporting this morning, this, uh, this uh, I don't even know how to describe it. New haircut, and uh, and also uh, most of the weight that he lost for Castaway, <laughs> plus uh, most of the dead weight that Helen Hunt added to Castaway. Yeah, what what exactly happened to Tom Hanks in the past like four
1: years? It looks like he ate hooch. Well, he's sitting down now for this one, but yeah, I, a few years now he's been kind of.
0: Well, remember in Road to Perdition, you know, he's supposed to be playing this badass assassin. But it's not quite as menacing when you've got uh, a double chin. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But, but back to Da Vinci. Uh, yeah, and Dan Brown. As yeah. <laughs> so we're talking. Uh, elegant uh, literary stylist that he is. Uh, yes. Lyrical. Lyrical, I'd describe it uh it's almost as though he uses words as music, yeah yeah, elevating and nourishing the soul uh, scholars that's uh, scholars scholars have said this uh yeah, the scholars i'm telling you uh scholars have already coined a term for this particular form of symphonic prose, uh this crescendo of western literature is called the uh, the brown note, and uh it it really it uh, it hits you it hits you deep in your bowels it's 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 that strong <laughs> uh and also i should uh uh admit that i have not read the book <laughs> and i am once again baselessly attacking someone's work just because i think that i won't like it as i want to do
1: <laughs> well i i can i mean i can I don't know. It, it's it's like there are are just ridiculous things. He claims that uh, Yahweh, the word Yahweh for God, is derivative of Jehovah, when in fact Yahweh is the Hebrew original. I mean, find a Jew and ask him. They'll know that. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Uh, he, you know, he in in uh, Angels and Demons. If you if you look at it, there's these great little things, these words. that can be read upside and upside down and Right side up and backwards and forward. No, you know who could have invented this? And you look at it, you're looking at like a 12 year old with a crayon. Yeah, don't they call that the jumble and the Sunday funnies? <laughs> it's slightly more complicated than that. And actually, I'm going to lower that <laughs> to a five year old with a crayon. I already used a 12 year old <laughs> earlier in the conversation. And uh, yeah, I don't know. and this whole thing where he's being sued and, and he got off. He named one of the characters in the novels off of the two guys who sued him because he'd read their book. Well, see there you go that
0: he he actually referenced them. He that
1: that is due notation. For those of you who may not know uh, the character played by Gandalf um is uh, uh or or Magneto, Ian McKellen. Uh, what the hell is it or the Hitler? Character, Ian McKellen. Ian III. McKellen. Ian McKellen, thank you. Yeah. Um is in fact uh named after the two guys who wrote Holy Blood Holy Grail which is the not the Historical argument, not a very good one, by the way, that Dan Brown ripped off to write this book.
0: Basically, basically the uh, uh, Catholic version of the uh, the protocols of the Elders of Zion. <laughs> uh, another, yeah, another discredited work of uh, historical fiction. But, exactly.
1: Um, and but then, yeah, while we're on that topic,
0: uh, we we should probably talk about uh, the fact that even though this is such a at best mediocre piece of uh, literature and a middling work of art. It has still somehow managed to stir up a shitstorm in the conservative uh, cable talk and uh, uh, right-wing radio circles because it's seen as attacking Christianity and uh, being right. anti-religious. And well, it's, everything
1: it's, is supposedly attacking. Yeah. It- I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 so dumb. I mean, these books really they they're 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 trash. They're not literature, although they have apparently one of the things about the movie is that it takes itself very seriously. Uh, they're they're bad thrillers that have a guy who's read half-read. In fact, from what he says, it sounds like his wife told him about a book that he, she had read, um, and and written these these things on it and. Uh, it, it's it's a headache and I, I'm, I'm, fine, I'm struggling and there's just thousands of different problems, historical problems that I could, I, I should just like grab angels and demons and take notes in all the <laughs> margins and read them online sometime or something like that because it's just, it's more than an ignorance, it's more than bad research, it's a willful inability to actually research or possibly read a book himself
0: Perhaps, although perhaps Galen, um we are being too harsh on him. Perhaps, perhaps he's actually a sly um, social satirist, uh, a subversive entity in mainstream uh, pop culture. I you're mean, cons- I, you're I, saying I, he's like
1: the the uh, the um, not Andy Warhol, uh, Kaufman, <laughs> Andy Kaufman of <laughs> Novelist <Yes. laughs> I'm going to put out this garbage. We'll see how the public. Lotka's
0: reacts. Lotka's 15 minutes of fame.
1: That's right. <laughs> um, but, well, what I love uh, is if, actually, if you pick up Angels and Demons And you read the description of the main character And then you flip to the cover of the author He's trying to describe himself as the main character Who gets the leggy woman by the end of the novel <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he's that which, sound, which sounds a lot like Bill O'Reilly's novel
1: yeah, I don't know exactly. if anybody
0: was, was aware of this, but Bill O'Reilly was actually a failed novelist before he was a failed human being on cable news. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he wrote this really seedy uh, sort of crime noir story in which the uh, leading man, grizzled detective, bore a uncanny resemblance to the author and it had a bunch of, like, at the time... Weirdly inappropriate, but uh, now that uh, (laughs) time has passed and it's uh, sort of shed light on some of his recent behavior. All sorts of seamy sex scenes in it, and just like poorly, but
1: it includes falafel.
0: Falafel, yes, he actually massaged hummus into the uh, the woman's breasts. (laughs) Everyone, everyone thinks he's just mispronouncing "loofah" in that uh, that phone conversation with his production assistant. No, 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 he's just he's got a Mediterranean cuisine fetish. That's right. You should see the things that he does with baba ghanoush. It's illegal in thirty countries. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but speaking of Bill O'Reilly, I, I again I I think I might have to defend Dan Brown a little bit. Because he's pissing off Bill O'Reilly and so many of his ilk i can't I can't find someone to be all that bad who's managed to get under the skin of uh so many right wing hacks and uh bloviating conservative talking heads. Um, I'm sure this is all completely unintentional on his part, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah who knows? Maybe this was all an elaborate plan to be uh, a a polemic activist within the pop culture circle. That's I right. doubt it. No. Uh but yeah, no, no. Uh, however, you know, as, since I do feel, you know, maybe slightly compelled to to leap to Dan Brown's defense, uh, in retaliation. It, yeah, since the Da Vinci Code has come under attack for supposedly being anti-religious and anti-Catholic Church. Uh, a lot of conservative commentators have decided to reveal the ending of the film and the book in their uh, various columns and uh, radio and cable shows to try and dissuade people from going to go see it. And, and
1: everybody's already read the book. I don't see how that's really going to work. But uh, right. Well, and it's in it's in like everybody's summary of the movie, almost, has it been? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus
0: didn't die, and he slept with Mary Magdalene, and had babies, and there's a secret shadow society trying to cover that up. That, that in a nutshell, is the plot. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's some remarkable twists and, again, very skillful uh, uh, crafting by Mr. Brown to make it more interesting. Again, I haven't read the book. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> since, yeah i haven't read the book, but I already know more about it than I care to uh, since the film and the book have come under such attack and uh, and such unscrupulous attacks as revealing the ending, uh, I feel that in a tit for tat with the uh, social conservative pundits i'm uh I'm going to fight fire with fire. And uh, I, right now, I'm uh, I'm going to reveal the ending of The Passion of the Christ. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to have to do this, Galen. I, uh, and I know that the, the ending of the film it was a closely held secret. Uh, but since it is a film so dearly loved by uh, conservatives and fundamentalists, um, yeah, I'm sorry, if you're going to blow the ending of The Da Vinci Code, uh, Jesus dies. There, I said it. I said it. Um, uh, I feel kind of dirty having said it. I know it was a low blow, but uh, again, these people fight dirty. So they, again, I'm sorry for everyone who hasn't seen the Passion of the Christ or ever been to a church in their life. but uh, Or
1: beat yes. the shit out of anybody. <laughs> yeah. Because really that's about the same thing. You can see that.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, for people who haven't seen the Passion of the Christ, it's a snuff film, but <laughs>
1: <yeah>.
0: <laughs> although that might uh, up the number of people going to go see it, it'll, it'll attract a slightly different audience once it gets out there. Uh, mostly German art aficionados, I think. But um, yeah, Jesus dies at the end. Although uh, in the sequel to the Passion of the Christ, he uh, he teams up with a precocious black child and they end up fighting crime together. <laughs> and also, uh, it's revealed that Jesus is actually a man in the second one.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's not very even. They have to write out his death in the first one as if it were a dream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Patrick Duffy wakes up at the That's end right. of Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, John Caviezel pulls back the shower curtain. There's Patrick Duffy soaping up. Hey, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> Gay love scene ensues. Oh, you haven't lived until you've seen Patrick Duffy finger bang a stigmata.
1: Mm. <laughs> Broke back on the cross.
0: Yeah, remember, emails can be sent <laughs> to poundingthepundit at com. Uh, but, yeah, <clears throat> so it's it's the, the Da Vinci Code stirred up this meaningless war on Christmas style um, non-issue just because it's the only thing that conservatives have to fall on back, fall on right now, uh, considering that their boy is tanking in the polls and that the conservative movement is uh, slowly imploding and crumbling around them. What is a poor, struggling uh, conservative pundit to do? Attack a meaningless bit of pop culture. So, yeah, more power to you, boys.
1: <laughs> well, they got to have something to keep... It. Oh, right, Mexicans keep them busy now, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. See, so I forgot about that one.
0: Mexicans and Ron Howard movies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ron, Ron Howard, another titan of the arts...
1: We'll see. They're is, misunderstanding things. The 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 Bible clearly says that the uh, you know Jesus will return when it's least expected. It doesn't say when you're most distracted. And they've just got that mixed up. What? Hmm? Look over here.
0: It's a Ron Howard movie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> While we're not looking, all the Mexicans are coming in. That's see, it's right. counterintuitive. <laughs> it's counterintuitive, conservatives. Uh... When will they? But, be? yeah, Ron, Ron, oh, oh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. <laughs> his, his, his newest epic, The Da Vinci Code. His magnum Opie, if you will. Oh, dear. Which you probably shouldn't. No. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to shoehorn an Opie Day joke into there but I decided that it was just too painful, and I didn't want to put our audience through that. So. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, I don't know. Um, it would be kind of funny, though, to see The Da Vinci Code surpass The Passion of the Christ in uh, all-time box office gross. Just to uh, <laughs> sort of... Uh, again a meaningless milestone in the culture wars but nonetheless it's one that uh, I'm, I'm a petty man so <laughs> I'll take whatever victories I can get <laughs> even though I'll be backing a horse to further the barbarous metaphors that uh, I care nothing about meaning the Da Vinci code. That's
1: right. uh, well I, I th- it's just it's fluff that pretends it's more and as far as scholarship goes, it's so bad and I think I'm personally bitter. Uh because I have to answer all these questions from kids who don't actually want to know the real stuff. They want to know Dan Brown was right. And he wasn't. And he's a fool. <laughs> and a pompous one. Yeah, for those that
0: for those that don't know, Galen is actually uh in the religious studies program. And yes. um uh I'm sorry, Galen. <laughs> <laughs> That you have to put up with students whose depth and breadth of knowledge regarding religious history goes no further than a book that their aunt bought for them on Christmas.
1: Yes. So, uh, yes, pity pity poor Galen. (laughs) Well, you know, it brings people to the department to annoy us. Now, it's, (laughs) you know, I've heard that argument. It makes sense. You know, it does bring people in, but the same time, once you get here, you have to actually learn something, and not all of them want to do that. Yeah,
0: and uh, learning about um, parchment shards that were found in Coptic jars from uh, two thousand years ago isn't quite as exciting as uh, Jesus banging a hooker. <laughs> Although I don't know, oh, I don't no, know no, what this happens. Is Maybe I don't know what happens uh, behind the scenes in the Religious Studies Department although according to some uh, Kansas legislators and uh, uh, (laughs) Topeka Baptists I'm sure that's how they picture (laughs) the Religious Studies Department at the University of Kansas a a den of iniquity sort of a Caligula
1: style we try but it's not as easy as you might imagine
0: <laughs> Religious studies uh, teachers and students not as flexible as and, and, some yeah, might I have, hope.
1: I have to say, I have to all this. The thing of it is, and the weird part about all this, the, the whole the whole thing with the the beating up of the professor and all that, years ago, is that actually having been there for years and learning there and getting my degree there and everything else, they're completely respectful of religion. However, because they don't respect the certain specific type. Or worse, they actually try and read the Bible and there's no disrespect paid. That makes them villains. (laughs) Which is the weirdest damn thing for you to say, no, your religious beliefs are great. What do you mean? We have no problem with them. They go, well, you're teaching people to read this. And it's like, that's the book you want them to read. (laughs) But no, the point is control when you're dealing with the people who would do something like that. It's not about actually finding God. See, I hate to say it, though,
0: Galen. Uh, You do find yourself in the same boat as Dan Brown now. (laughs) (laughs) Facing the same sort of criticisms.
1: (laughs) Well, except for Dan Brown, it's all about, well, I just want people to think about it and have an open mind about these things because, you know, I've based them on the best research possible. And and we actually have. I mean, I guess the difference is is that that's what we do, whereas he's, what, a failed lawyer or something?
0: I have no idea. I don't know if he's like a Grecian-style, like midlife crisis
1: guy. I don't know. Most novelists are. I think From he used to work at like a loan to paycheck loan place. I'm gonna just think that I have no <laughs> proof of it. <laughs> it. It's likely. It's likely.
0: It, we've yeah, we've uh, put as much research into Dan Brown's
1: background as he has into his books. So. Exactly, and uh, we can claim <laughs> it's all 100% authentic. <laughs> we call
0: we call that truthiness. Yes, truth right. Damn it, we stole that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Com- no, no. Completely came up with that on our own. That's right. Although, you know, the, the sad thing is that Stephen Colbert actually did not coin the term truthiness. He is oh. not the one that first came up with it. He just popularized it.
1: Yes. Uh, in, although,
0: uh, again, I, I in the name of truthiness, I'm going to uh, propagate the fact that he did coin the term and he did invent it.
1: Okay. Well that's good. I try to I think of him as Lincoln ish myself. <laughs> <which> is <laughs> he did free the slaves. Th- that's true. That's true. <laughs> the slaves
0: to the corporate cable news networks that is. Uh oh this is a uh an encouraging bit of news. Stephen Colbert's White House correspondence dinner speech is now the number one downloaded program on iTunes. And it's, so, uh, you can huzzah, Stephen
1: Colbert! It, you can also find it for free on uh, Google Movies or whatever it is. All, all yeah, on, uh, yeah you t- I think it's on YouTube, too. But yeah, well, YouTube you can find short. it, just
0: Google it. Yeah. yeah, But in more of a political vein, but still keeping on the cinematic tip, Al Gore's mm. got a new film coming out. I I believe uh, next week, uh, Inconvenient Truth, his global warming documentary. Al Gore, since, uh, I won't say losing (laughs) the 2000 election, um, not being allowed to win the 2000 election, Al Gore um, regrouped, (laughs) did a little bit of soul searching, a little bit of beard growing, a uh, little bit of weight gaining. I think he and Tom Hanks have been hanging out at the same Sizzler buffet. Uh, Al Gore decided that uh, he's, he's always been a proponent of uh, uh, the environment and uh, environmental legislation uh, to help, you know, not kill the environment. <laughs> he's 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 a very green guy. Uh, Al sort Gore of. decided to put his energy... Well, debated, no, he at least he's a...
1: Oh no! Yeah. I mean, as <laughs> vice president and thing, and and uh, in his official capacity, he's often just paid lip service and then gone to help them cut down forests and things like that through his legislation. So that's always good.
0: That's a it's like a tree on tree crime, isn't it?
1: I, I think I think he <laughs> Al, lied. Al Gore
0: helping to cut down a forest.
1: Yeah. It's, See what I'm it, saying yeah. is that he's wooden. not <laughs>
0: ah. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 I'm playing into existing stereotypes of him, you see. Huh? huh? <laughs> we call that humor. Uh, but Al Gore decided to, regardless of what you think of his uh, previous uh, environmental record, decided to take it upon himself to develop this slideshow. I didn't think people still did slideshows. I thought they uh, went the way of the pet rock. <laughs> but no, Al Gore... Uh, developed this PowerPoint slideshow uh, about global warming, detailing the dramatic effects that uh, man has had on the environment and uh, the potentially devastating and catastrophic effects that uh, greenhouse gas emission uh, will have on our ecosystem and our planet. Uh, He made this PowerPoint presentation and he's shown it literally thousands of times around the world to anyone... That's willing to listen to him. <laughs> he's become sort of like uh, that crazy guy on the street corner yelling at taxis as they drive by. Uh, yeah, or that just, uh, cra- crazy cat lady from The Simpsons.
1: Yeah, he's pretty starved for attention, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> he <is.
0: laughs> However, uh, he apparently was effective enough. I mean, he's even screened it in front of uh, uh, Republican caucuses. He's been invited to conservative think tanks. Like He'll show it to anybody. And uh, enough people had seen it. Enough people were impressed by it that eventually, uh, Washington, uh, Washington, Hollywood came a knocking. And mm. uh, a couple of producers uh, raised some money and uh, made a documentary revolving around his slideshow. And <laughs> while, <laughs> while on paper, the notion of seeing a movie about a slideshow sounds about as fun as going to go. I don't know. See a movie based on the Da Vinci Code. Uh, it's apparently a very good film. It uh, won rave reviews at Cannes, where it screened uh, this week, and um, been getting glowing reviews from many people who see it. Oh, uh, oh
1: well, wait, though. We have to point out the, the message boards. Um, does anyone else think calling this a crisis undermines human ingenuity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, hey!
0: If you're going to make a civilization omelet, you have to break a few eggs.
1: Yeah, that egg's already broken, as are most people on message boards. (laughs) (laughs) You're being so rude to human ingenuity.
0: Apologize, Al Gore. (laughs) You've hurt human ingenuity's feelings.
1: We can't unfuck it up. That's insulting. That's insulting. (laughs) That's great. That's, is almost like as... As... Uh, the, the that's almost as. Did the movie that's almost as good like a, as it's like. A, you go like ahead. A, oh, sorry. The, the movie poster just looks like a Van Gogh. Van Gogh, so it's like a smokestack coming out into a hurricane, but it just ends up looking like Starry Starry Night.
0: Yeah, it looks like Starry Night, but I'm of, sorry, Starry Night, Star, uh, Starry Night,
1: a shitty song by John Denver. No, <laughs> <laughs> who's the other guy? Who's the guy who did
0: it? Uh, uh I, I I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. It's all right. <laughs> But yeah crappy, the cover of it, it yeah, and yeah, there's plenty of those uh Google it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I suppose we could do right now since we're online but uh but yeah the 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 poster for an inconvenient truth is uh I believe isn't it just like emissions belching into the air, so instead of like the starry night uh you have um uh instead of stars and Van Gogh's thick brushwork. You have uh, pollutants in <laughs> greenhouse gases. It's very artful.
1: Okay, it's a uh, Starry Starry Night" is "Vincent" by Don McLean. Yeah, it's a shitty song. American Pie doesn't make up for it.
0: Oh, okay, Don McLean. There you go. See, never, never mind. Yeah, never mind, listeners. Galen, <laughs> Galen did the work for you. But See, yeah, Al I Gore's do research film. after I yeah, make stupid yeah, statements. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Instant research. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Chop, chop, research. See. This, the message boards are, of course, where the truthiness truly lies. The Da Vinci Code message board. Why does evil exist? <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: yeah. <laughs> because Dan Brown put it there. Oddly enough, also uh, but Mission
1: Impossible Three. <laughs> Speaking
0: of why does evil exist, Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've, I actually asked myself that. Uh, I, I still I haven't seen it. Go did you go see it?
1: No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Did, the lack of John Woo just, you couldn't make it. <laughs> if it ain't Woo, it's crap. <laughs> actually, that's
0: not true. <laughs> John Woo's made a lot of crap.
1: <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Why does evil exist? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Poop dog fifteen responds with for love to exist, freedom has to exist. Because freedom exists, evil can exist. Take wiser that. words
0: have never been spoken by a
1: man named Poop Dog. Poop dog fifteen, <laughs> damn it. And the sad part is there are at least fourteen other poop dogs.
0: <laughs> just I can just imagine poop dog sitting there entering poop dog. Taken Poop Dog 2 <laughs> Taken Then getting all the way up to 14 <laughs>
1: Finally It's actually his Christian given name And we just didn't know it <laughs> His parents are
0: the, Although he is number 14 In line of secession That's right To the Poop Dog throne <laughs> it's, a very, yeah. it's a royal lineage Exactly <laughs> We are talking about Al Gore's new movie. And yeah, uh, sure. that, that, comment, that comment that you read on the message board uh, about the, the film insulting human ingenuity. Um, Fox News actually recently, and th- this is an actual headline uh, that was featured on one of their segments. Uh, you can look it up at crooksandliars.com. But uh, <laughs> one of their segments recently was titled, Al Gore's new movie, Will It Ruin the Economy? I'm no. <laughs> dead serious.
1: Flash to one of the Fox, Fox. News yes. guys. I mean, yes, yes, it will. Our next story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Good point. Yep. Mm, agreed. <laughs> and now this message from Clear Channel. But right. uh, <laughs> we still won't play Rocket Man because of 9/11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dixie Chicks got a new CD. Comes out this came out this week. As a matter of fact. And uh, that's, that's the other fallback that the conservative pundits have taken to recently. Um, yeah, Dixie Chicks, Da Vinci Code, and Al Gore's new movie. <laughs> oh, and Mexicans.
1: <laughs> right, the whole Mexican thing still. <laughs> okay.
0: when, backed into a, when backed into a corner, MacGyver-like conservative commentators whip out the Dixie Chicks, a paperclip, and a Mexican,
1: <laughs> That's right. and are able to fashion an Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 well, and the thing of it is, and this is just a, a great little moment. Uh, anyone should go see a day without a Mexican. Uh, just because our economy—I've heard of effect. this. I've
0: heard of this. I, yeah,
1: but yeah. well, our economy is you know, illegal, mi- illegal immigrant, mainly Mexican-based. And if they were at all vanish, our lives would come to a screeching halt, and our food would skyrocket in price. Mm-hmm yeah they may not pay uh income tax they pay sales tax and everything else. It just cracks me up they're using this as a political issue and they're going to just shoot themselves in the feet so I'm, yeah. uh, the, a, the other thing the, like, the yeah. other
0: thing about that that argument that Mexicans don't pay taxes uh that's because they're uh crooked employers who are pushing the Bush administration for this uh worker program uh mm-hmm. Enjoyed not having to pay income tax from the or payroll. pay the immigrants
1: a minimum wage, which they don't. Yeah,
0: minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the Mexicans would love to pay income taxes because that would mean that they'd be, you know, a contributing member to uh, this country. Yeah. Uh, econo- uh, income tax speaking, uh, they they'd paid like nine, contribute plenty well, nine by doing much, all the usually. the shit jobs that we don't do. But uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Al Gore's new movie. <laughs> Al Gore's back, back, <laughs> back to Al Gore's new. Movie. I want to stick to this movie theme. Yeah, I remember uh, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. day without a Mexican, and it's a movie. That very, very true. Very true. Don't mean
0: to spit on your contribution, like and a Republican besides, there's spitting also, on a the Mexican.
1: There's also, <laughs> there's also over the, over the hedge, over the hedge. <laughs> <laughs> which does
0: speak to some very. Very hot button topics. Yeah, and I and think I actually controversial I just made that joke, social issues.
1: I think I recall someone on the Daily Show making it too, so forgive me, I actually made God. it without thinking about it. Uh, so it was an actual appeal.
0: I I feel that I have to stop watching the Daily Show right before we record so yeah, that oh, I yeah. do not inadvertently steal jokes from them.
1: Yes, well it's so easy to
0: they do, they do all the jokes first. Because <laughs> I know that eventually, I, I'm, and I'm sure I already have, I will overlap with the Daily Show joke. And I at least want to have the plausible deniability of saying, I didn't see the joke. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Well, I've, I've, so, I've, yeah. uh, I've got, I've got the, the privilege of having made jokes about bears attacking for years. Before <laughs> Colbert made it a trademark So that, people know That fucking Stephen Colbert <laughs> He stole it from me That's my bit <laughs> That's
0: right <laughs> Some bitter old uh, Friars Club comic <laughs> That Colbert kid I swear to Christ I
1: was famous once Back when I was, I was, was on right. Vaudeville <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Uh yes, uh, Not many people know this But Punditocracy, Punditocracy does actually Have it's origins
1: in Tin Pan Alley yeah. right. We uh Galen and I were
0: song and dance men <laughs>
1: yeah. Turned out neither of us could sing Or dance <laughs> Or dance <laughs> It was boring
0: to watch <laughs> And that's why we're on Internet radio <laughs> that's
1: right. Not regular radio <laughs> Internet radio we tried to follow uh, Howard Stern and we got on the wrong road. <laughs> hey, I love
0: slapping lesbian ass as much as the next guy. I just don't choose to do it on air because <laughs> I'm classier than that. That's right. That's <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> but but I'm Al Gore's double night with you programming a Mac to cuss. I know you are. <laughs>
0: Hey, I've corrupted Steve Jobs' technology in the past. I'm corrupting (laughs) it now with our podcast. That's right. (laughs) I have nothing against the man or his products. Well, I I guess I don't like him personally. That's that's basically what it comes down to. (laughs) I actually prefer using a Mac, but uh, the guy just rubs me the wrong way. (laughs) And he charges a lot for Uh, his computer. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do want to get those uh, Mac Minis. Those are adorable. I haven't even seen them. Oh, yeah, they're just like, uh, they're a, uh, like basically a power Mac that's five inches by five inches, and that's all it is. <laughs> they sell you this little uh, hunk of white cheese. <laughs> it's like 600 bucks, and you can plug existing <laughs> monitors into it, and uh, it's, a, it's a little Macintosh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, still, I'm you so. You can serve it, still it on a platter.
1: At
0: a high price range, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I can. I can dream, though. Um, <laughs> but Al Gore's new movie. <laughs> al Gore's new movie. Al Gore's new movie, An Inconvenient Truth, uh, much like the Da Vinci Code is being attacked by Fox News at all, um, although it could. I and I think uh, Fox News should maybe. Legitimately be concerned about Al Gore's new movie because this is more than likely Al Gore's opening salvo for a two thousand and eight presidential run, and therefore Fox News, you know being the Politburo arm of the Republican Party uh <laughs> and as the political hatchet men for conservatives should attack Al Gore's new movie. Because it is uh, the, again the the opening fuselage <laughs> in the Al Gore assault on Hillary Clinton's stranglehold of the two thousand and eight presidential primaries. Uh, what do you think, Galen?
1: I'm frightened that you're probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, gotten what, to, it's gotten to the point where you know I I generally distrust all the politicians and think that both there's one like one party for the rich and the other party for the rich and i, I i've fairly given up most of them but actually gotten to the point where there's no one i give a damn about for the next uh the next elections and i was joking around with a friend and we started thinking about like you know what hollywood star should run and i realized you know i was doing it more seriously than i meant to i mean i'm that <laughs> out of people i give a shit about
0: <laughs> you know George Clooney's face would look pretty handsome on a $5 bill. That's Hmm.
1: right. His face looks handsome anywhere.
0: (laughs) Especially in my cleavage. (laughs) George will be picking short and curlies out of his teeth for a week if he tried that with me. Uh, By the way, George, pounding the pundit at yahoo.com. That's
1: right. Write me. <laughs> yes, I say, <laughs> this
0: is great. Uh, since you know we're on a pre-recorded podcast, I'm making the motion for the cell phone up against my ear and mouth when I say "write me." Oh, he knows. <laughs> Don't worry about
1: that. <laughs> I know he can feel it. <laughs> George will know. <laughs> but I not you a little not, I, too much Liberace
0: George <laughs> will now. <laughs> uh uh one of the best scenes in Good Night and Good Luck, speaking of George Clooney and Liberace uh was uh yes, yes. when when <laughs> Edward R. Murrow was forced to interview Liberace as penance for attacking Joseph McCarthy on CBS <laughs> a great bit of levity for people who haven't seen Good Night and Good Luck. It's surprisingly a very funny movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of done in the style not not heavily so, but it's influenced by like the screwball comedies uh, of the 30s and 40s. Right, uh, it's well, got don't witty don't ex- banter between the characters.
1: Yeah, oh, very much so. I mean, don't expect it to be like a, you know extremely that way, but it definitely has its moments. Yeah.
0: No. No, it's it's not Dumb and Dumber or anything. But <laughs> I'm just saying, for a very serious film, it has uh, a surprising uh, amount of levity to it. It's yeah, on oh Yeah. Yeah. But Al Gore's new film. <laughs> and Al Gore's new film. <laughs> I don't even have a segue for that. But uh, yeah, but I going back to the the fact that the, his new film is garnering a lot of press and uh, is. Fostering a lot of goodwill In the activist community Um, And this is more than likely Him testing the waters For a 2008 presidential run Looking at The current crop of candidates Out there I am actually Hoping that Al Gore runs I think that uh, he would be the best candidate And I think that he would have Probably the best shot of winning In a national election against what will more than likely be John McCain. Uh, and, and I think Al Gore's got a long way for uh, rehabilitating his image uh, from the Clinton years, and more than that, I think that he's uh, substantively changed his policy positions uh, since leaving public office. He's been a very vociferous critic of the Bush administration, uh, assaulting their policies when most Democrats were afraid to. Uh, He's been outspoken on environmental issues, obviously, considering his new films entirely about global warming. Uh, When that has become sort of a passe issue, he's reinvigorated debate on that. I think that he he would be a good candidate, and...
1: He still got that whole thing where he said that uh, Day After Tomorrow was a film we could all learn from, so... <laughs> uh,
0: yes, we could learn that um, the artists behind Independence Day and Godzilla really... Are out of ideas. <laughs> don't know how to make movies.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's the American guy. <laughs> He's Godzilla. a politician.
0: Politicians <laughs> not necessarily known for their taste. If, in if it had had a Japanese
1: uh, man in a large rubber lizard suit, it would have been a good movie. <laughs> good
0: movie. There was. It was a very tiny Japanese man in a Matthew Broderick
1: suit. Ah, uh-huh, okay. <laughs> they not many that, people actually. I really
0: you can IMDB that. It's fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, while certainly... Uh, I admire Galen's consistency in hating all politicians all the time. <laughs> um, it's a true fact that someone's got to do, <laughs> <gotta> do it. <laughs> yeah, no, it must be exhausting, Galen. But I admire your stick <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, I would. I think I would support an Al Gore run in 2008. Um, not I, not just from a policy basis. And I think that he actually uh, from. From the speeches I've heard him give over the past three years, I, I do think his uh, policy positions are sound, and I think they're right. But uh, from a political perspective, I think that um, he might be the most winnable candidate, if you will, uh, considering that he represents what could have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's and sort the kind of the, the Hillary
1: uh, Clinton is quickly becoming a Republican.
0: Yeah, no. Hillary Clinton is completely alienating uh, the Democratic liberal base, uh, and is liberating uh, uh, liberating. <laughs> she's liberating her boobies. She's a feminist. Burned her bra, uh, but no, uh, she's alienating most people. Actually, yeah, yeah. She's just kind of, kind of. She's following her husband's political advice a bit too literally, and a bit too uh, severely and that she's, she's trying to forge the third way, as uh, Bill coined the term, in which third way basically means uh, selling out uh, liberal ideology in the Democratic Party, stealing Republican ideas, and um, then just dialing down the crazy in the Republican ideas. And hence right. you have Clinton-Democrats and Hillary's just kind of um, gone off the deep end with <laughs> the third way <laughs> uh, she apparently supports a constitutional amendment banning flag burning yeah um, she went to, s-
1: went to speak at a college uh, oh, which one was it like Falwell's was it, no, uh, it, was, it was I don't thing. think it
0: was the college that was the problem is the fact that uh, recently she gave a speech saying what's the matter with kids these days that's oh, basically that's right, the that's gist right. of
1: her speech. Which, you know... Has Kids these days are on their
0: computers.
1: computers. The codger vote is big. It always has been. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although, sadly, that's probably a smart uh, political strategy considering that Iowa is the first caucus. <laughs> and Iowa is not known for its hip, vibrant youth community. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I like the idea that the but, rest of us... um. Will will somehow be affected by who wins in Iowa As if because Iowa is the first caucus It matters a hell of a lot more And the only reason no, it, it it's does true. Is because people respond to it that way I mean like pundits respond mm. to it that way Not because anyone else does So it's sort of a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy Done by the politicians for themselves and by themselves
0: Which That's you know, true But I I want to know What the hell the people in Iowa are thinking <laughs> <laughs> Finally someone knows I mean, it's Iowa true. exists Yeah I know But uh, yeah, it's true. If you the especially in the last Democratic uh, primary, the caucus and uh, primary season was so compressed that whoever won Iowa won the whole thing, and of course, Kerry won it, and so on. And that worked out so well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Always. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yeah, considering that Kerry wants to run again. And considering that Hillary Clinton is the front runner and considering that Russ Feingold is as far from electable as a um homosexual Nazi dwarf.
1: Uh I think Al
0: Gore. Vote. Go on.
1: <laughs> just, at least they've got like that that'd be interesting to vote for vote. Yes yeah, true. The the
0: drunk stumbling into a poll why the fuck not vote? Exactly, uh, yeah, but yeah, considering the current slate of candidates, I would definitely back an Al Gore candidacy. I think it uh he's the right man, I think that he has that that cinderella comeback story that America <laughs> loves so dearly right, and plus he he actually was uh. Well, first of all, he hosted Saturday Night Live a few years back, and he was a very good host. So he'll get my vote for that reason. And secondly, he was on Saturday Night Live just a few weeks ago in a uh, skit opening the show uh, in this alternate reality universe where uh, President Gore was serving a second term. Very funny clip. Uh, It was both... um, Critical of the Bush administration and also self deprecating, which uh, is now become sort of his uh, uh, persona. And I think that's very smart, very endearing. And uh, also, yeah, while you're looking up Stephen Colbert's White House correspondence dinner speech, also look up Al Gore's Saturday Night Live appearance from a few weeks back. Very funny stuff. And so Al Gore has the elitist New York sketch comedy vote all sewn up.
1: It's about time someone
0: did. <laughs> Somebody spoke to them.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I could score just because of his past. Maybe he's turned over a new lead. I'm just... Uh, just <laughs> You're Gail. <gayling. wishing laughs> I'm, I'm just Gail. No, I'm just wishing there was something else. I mean, I just like more of a flock of losers going, who are going to run this next election than we usually have, which is quite
0: impressive. yeah. Yeah, you've got Kerry wanting to run again. And, yeah, people were so enthusiastic about him the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Edwards wanting to run, who has served one term in the Senate and was a failed vice presidential candidate. So, yeah, there's a uh, a, a depth of experience there. And um, beyond that, you have Wesley Clark, who has the political instincts of a dead armadillo. And uh, Russ Feingold, who I you know I think uh, is one of those few principled leaders in the Senate. However, uh, two things against him: divorced and Jewish. Not yeah. going to happen. Sorry, Russ. Um, and then beyond that, Christopher Dodd, uh, Senator from Connecticut, announced his candidacy today. And if you've never heard of Christopher Dodd there's a reason for that and i don't think that anybody out there will be hearing much more from christopher Dodd in the future <laughs> yeah that's uh that's the democratic field as it stands right now oh and uh that's a 200 pound blonde quaff gorilla known as hillary clinton um who, as of right now, can just sweep the table and the board and uh, might as well just be anointed the candidate by the covers that she's getting right now in the uh, traditional media. Um, So somebody needs to stop Clinton, (laughs) basically. There needs to be an anti-Hillary. I think Al Gore is the only person who could do it. And besides, people people just want to watch that sort of Freudian... um, uh, family feud going on when you have these two Clinton-era figures going at it in a primary. That'd be great to watch.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm looking I, forward to it. I just have this this distinct and, and I, I, I I can't believe that people are backing Hillary Clinton. I mean, I know because they've been told like that she can win. <laughs> But she can't. She never could. That's because she's not even well liked by the people who usually vote for her.
0: But people have heard of her. <laughs> oh
1: I'm sorry, good point. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and that and that's really actually the other thing that should be said right now is that even though she's been anointed the front runner, um, <laughs> it's two thousand and six <laughs> and she has obviously the highest name recognition, so polls this early are absolutely meaningless and whoever people have heard of the most is going to be ahead, and that's obviously Hillary Clinton. Yes, right. by th- by that token, if uh, whoever is leading in the polls uh, based on name recognition, we'd be having President Joe Lieberman uh, at this point. <laughs> if
1: Which you looked at the 2004 answer. primary polls,
0: oh God, yes. By the way, uh, support Ned Lamont, who's running against Lieberman in the Democratic primary in Connecticut. Uh, look him up Please. on the web. <laughs> Please, God, get that man out of the Senate. Uh, But, you know, we've been on this movie tip, Galen, and we should close on the movie tip. Movie tip. Uh, What are some films that you're looking forward to? And we could also uh, wrap it up into things that don't suck. So what films on your horizon will not suck, Galen?
1: I'm I'm hoping for mindless fun from the Pirates of the Caribbean sequel. Um, Uh Uh-huh. I'm curious about World Trade Center. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you see United ninety three? By the way, I didn't. I meant to, but I never got to it.
0: Yeah, no. same here. That—that yeah, that was everybody else's reaction to <laughs> It's already out of the theaters, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no I'd one like one to see it.
1: Something that depressing? You know, they all knew the ending. And then, you know that'll be. The, it couldn't the be any
0: worse than Passion of the Christ.
1: Well, no, because the people... Well, I guess, according to the Bush administration, the people on the planes died for your sins, too. <laughs> but that's a little different. <laughs> the, it, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, No, I wanted to see that. I'll probably still try and see it someplace. Um, I'm sure World Trade Center will be much more of a typical sort of Hollywood with it's about survivors and things like that. Yeah. Uh, of course, Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre. Uh, from the director of Napoleon Dynamite. Starring the, Yak Black <laughs> Yes, in the spandex um, <laughs>
0: Excuse me Excuse me, starring Yak Negro <laughs> There you
1: come <laughs> And uh, and Oh wow, there's a lot of crap in there Let's see, things I'm not <laughs> There's a lot of too crap Fast and the see. Furious, the lake house Ooh, Garfield The <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Kiddies. Yes, <laughs> starring the creepy kid from American Gothic And uh, Sling Blade All grown up yeah, and in a yeah. shitty movie Yes. And to blow the ending for you, Vin Diesel shows up apparently. Um, I'm Road not di-
0: listening to you, la <laughs> la la la.
1: <laughs> uh, there's a there's a documentary Bastard. coming out called The Road to Guantanamo, which I want to see. Also, Leonard Cohen, which Fox News will
0: be doing a story about shortly,
1: detailing how it will ruin our economy. Exactly, Leonard Cohen, I'm your man coming out. Which Fox News will be doing a story, doing a story about how they don't understand. Superman returns just because everyone else will see it. Even though I'm not a big Superman (laughs) fan. But there's that cool clip in the international trailer of someone shooting him in the eye. So (laughs) can't go wrong with that. (laughs) When will
0: criminals learn? You can't
1: shoot Superman. I know. I thought this was common knowledge. It's like seven an evil henchman school. It's never worked. A uh, Scanner Darkly uh, for the book, but I don't like the director. I think he's a bit of a self I do. Uh,
0: Richard Linklater's the director, and uh, this is another area where Galen and I uh, differ. That's I'm right. looking forward to A Scanner Darkly, and I'm also looking forward to Linklater's adaptation of Fast
1: Food Nation. That's right. So. Although Gavin can attest to how much pain waking life caused me as I writhed in my seat. At his it was, it of was misunderstandings like, of philosophy. It was like
0: fire ants. It was like fire ants had crept
1: into Galen's flannel. He was just he
0: was in complete misery. The
1: entire I'm just experience. saying. I've I've seen like high school kids in coffee shops have more intelligent and deep philosophical conversations in that movie. Um,
0: I've got I've gotten a lot of good stock tips from uh, high school kids in coffee shops. So <laughs> don't sell them short. Dude, buy porn. porn. (laughs) Invest in porn. Porn Porn and butter. That's right. right. Those are the two issues that politicians have to deal with.
1: Finally, high school is setting the... Idiocracy is the <laughs> other one Idiocracy, I don't know. Oh I yeah, Mike to, Judge's next film. Mike Judge, yeah. yeah um Idiocracy, I, I believe. L- Luke Yes
0: Idiocracy a film idiocracy a film with a name as hard to pronounce as this podcast.
1: <laughs> that's right. And it it's uh, it's thrillingly um apparently a satire uh from the maker of Office Space. So that's always Office good. Space. And uh, and co uh, co-written with Ethan, not Ethan Cohen. So it's almost like Ethan. Ethan. <laughs>
0: Beware, Ethan. The destroyer. Who's a writer? Ethan. <laughs> Ethan Cohen, devourer of souls. <laughs> That's a pretty good rundown of all the uh, the the, <laughs> and the,
1: and the hot summer, summer
0: films, Galen.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I would add like that I want to get a I am curious about the others.
0: I, I don't even know what that one is. What is that one?
1: That's uh about the story of. I'm uh, um, sorry. The, the The people who raised the flag in Iwo Jima. It's oh. Di- okay. Directed by Clint Eastwood and some of them. I mean. Like, like, there was a Native American one who was screwed and drunk himself to death by the uh, you know quickly after coming back to fame and fortune, and they don't actually have that listed on the statue, and I'm hoping that it will get into that, because the, uh, the, the veterans what's the name of the were film so, again? Bad. so bad. Sorry, what? What's,
0: what's the name of the film again?
1: Flags of Our Fathers. That's about what I got. What a few
0: films got? that I'd add to your list. A few films I'd add to your list. The Strangers with Candy film. The big screen adaptation of the Comedy Central, uh, the far too short-lived Comedy Central sitcom starring Amy Sedaris and Stephen Colbert. Uh, Strangers with Candy coming out. Theater near you, look for it. Also, and I'm surprised you left this out, Galen, Snakes on a
1: Plane. Snakes on a Plane.
0: Motherfucking Snakes on a Plane. Which Actually, I think will go down as in history as a terrible movie that will only be remembered for its title.
1: and Unlike the Slither, which was a great movie that no one knew how to sell. Good for-
0: Yes, thank you for uh, backing me up on Slither. Slither was a great film. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it finds an audience on DVD.
1: Yeah, I mean, it should. It should be like the next Evil Dead sort of cult thing. Uh, you, yeah. you hope. Horror, um, comedy, it's got it all. That's right. Uh, the guy from... Uh, from Firefly and Serenity in a very funny role. Uh uh-huh,
0: mhm. Uh-huh. Uh oh here's <laughs> This isn't necessarily a film I'm looking forward to, but the uh the marketing surrounding it uh must have been ordained by God or the devil um or perhaps Jerry Bruckheimer uh who somewhere in between. But uh, yeah, the Omen, the Omen at adi- the Omen remake is being released on June sixth, which of course is six six six.
1: That's beautiful. Oh oh six. They got the
0: yeah six six oh six. Yep. I mean that. I mean you couldn't ask for. A, I mean the movie could be a giant turd, which I'm sure it will be. And I'm, yes. I'm no big fan of the original or anything But uh, just the fact That they slapped something together In time <laughs> For June 6, 2006 Who knows, maybe they've been sitting On this thing for like decades Literally waiting For this year and this date To release
1: it But uh, either way, I applaud them It's all them suspiciously the 70s <laughs> Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> but, but good for the omen and its release date. Uh, yes. But uh, boy, yeah, I'm getting a bit hoarse we've been talking so much. Uh, we should wrap it up. You have been listening to Punditocracy, our summer movie extravaganza. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woo. <Whoa.
0: laughs> <laughs> Galen, oozing enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, it's uh, been a long final time.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you for indulging our long and winding path through the box office slate. Uh
1: we'll we'll we have more later this summer us, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Once we actually see these films and realize how terrible they are, we'll have plenty more to say about them. Actually so but, I don't know
1: where you heard a friend of the, a friend of mine uh actually found a really great line at uh, saying Snakes on a plane. If it's successful they're making the prequel Snakes in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> You could make a Department of Homeland
0: Security joke in there somewhere. I'm sure you could. I'll work on that. Do um, <laughs> <laughs> snakes have blades? <laughs> nope, pass them through. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. You've got toenail clippers and snakes on your carry-on. You're gonna have to leave the toenail clippers. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> yes, you have been listening to punditocracy. <laughs> and uh, on uh, surprisingly enough, on a serious note. Uh, since it is Memorial Day, uh, on behalf of the show, I'd like to say uh, thank you uh, to all of our men and women in service, and thank you to their families for supporting them. This has been Punditocracy. Visit us online at www.punditocracy.net, and email us at poundingthepundit at
1: yahoo.com.
0: Say goodbye, Galen.
1: Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Bye-bye.